0: From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello and welcome to the Anxiety Project Podcast number 77. I am Brad Robinson and today I'm talking about my life after anxiety. Once I fully recovered from my severe anxiety disorder, agoraphobia, and uh, health anxiety. Today's podcast is all about the results of, of my recovery journey. How I felt after I recovered. What my relationships were like after I recovered. And how I felt emotionally, physically, spiritually, energetically after my anxiety disorder. And when I overcame my anxiety, I felt like my whole self shifted 180 degrees. I didn't feel like the same guy anymore. I felt like all different areas of my life completely transformed and that was my goal it was to become somebody totally different to to study a new character to become this new character how do i become this new character how do i study for this movie role i guess you can look at it that way it's like you're an actor you get a script and you have to become this character and I wanted to be somebody totally different. I didn't want to stay the same person suffering from anxiety. So I wanted to change. I wanted to become somebody totally new. Now, going into recovery, I desperately wanted to change all areas of who I was. That old brat. What did that old brad represent the fears the vulnerabilities the habits i hated when i spent my days obsessing over my body checking moles for cancer checking different marks on my body for cancer my private parts constantly for cancer uh, sores in my mouth. I would misinterpret those sores as being a disease or something serious. And I was always touching parts of my body that were aching, thinking to myself, oh, that's probably some a kidney disease, or I might have a stomach ulcer, or I might have a brain tumor, or I might have, you know, a heart disease or something. So I would Touch parts of my body, my chest, my stomach, my head. I was very dependent on my family for reassurance when I would ruminate over my sensations, my symptoms, and then I would go to them and I would shadow them. I would always be around them in the house, in my safe zone. I would be around them so I could ask them, Is this? serious is this really cancer what do you think about this mole what do you think about this pain in my stomach so i was very dependent on them and i hated how i felt i hated how i was always emotionally exhausted i was always worried i was upset all the time and i was always fearful i was sensitized to the world around me. My life was in chaos, and this chaos became my normal. And when you are in your normal, so my normal was being in this chaotic state 24-7, you don't know any other reality. I didn't know any other reality. I was so accustomed to feeling this way that any other way to be caused a lot of resistance. When I first started to change, a lot of resistance showed up because my unconscious was used to staying in this chaotic, anxious state. And it was only when I wanted to change, I began to take action. Only when I reached rock bottom. Rock bottom was the motivator. It was the drive to improve myself and to improve my situation. To get myself out was reaching that low point. I didn't want to suffer anymore. I I, I, I was in pain. I hated it. I hated who I was. And so reaching that low point was... The drive I needed. And no change can occur if your family is pushing you to be better. Or you enter therapy because you were forced into it. Change does not occur when that happens. You have to really want to change. I had to really want to change in order to change. And you have to put the effort in yourself. You can't let your family members call up a therapist for you. You got to take on that responsibility. You have to take on that load. And that's exactly what I did once I reached rock bottom is I took on that load. I took on the responsibility. I told myself, Brad, you need to change. Look at yourself. You Do I really want to be in this state a year from now, two years from now? And that. Question scared the hell out of me. I didn't want to be in this state a year or two years from that point. So, after my recovery journey, which took around four to five months to really desensitize myself from, you know, Everything around me, my fears and my anxiety, my life changed in so many ways, even during my recovery journey. And when I recovered, I felt like the weight of the world lifted from my shoulders. I felt lighter. I felt like I wasn't carrying around a lot of baggage. And I I felt less pressured by outside sources outside people i felt uh, the pressure of of getting to a a better place in my life lessened and lessened when i was going through my recovery journey my only goal was to improve myself improve my anxiety to desensitize myself and and the pressure of like getting a a, a better job the pressure of Uh, financial uh, success and and all of these other issues, relationships and all of these things, it felt good to actually step away from all of those different things and focus on one goal, which was, I want to get better. I want to improve myself. I want to overcome anxiety. And I found my own path. And it felt great because... I was doing something meaningful to me, not to anybody else. I wasn't trying to please anybody else. It felt great to me to take on this responsibility and to face my fears, to face my vulnerabilities. And this, my, there was so a lot of meaning came into my life because of my anxiety journey, my recovery journey. And when I first felt myself, when I first felt my improvements, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, energetically, I wanted to keep going because it felt great that I was improving. It felt great that I was overcoming these fears and challenging myself, doing things that I never thought I could do before. I always, going through my recovery journey, I kept saying to myself, I didn't know I could do that. And challenges would be meditating, reading books, uh, giving in like a week or two weeks. And I would challenge myself to self-help podcasts and surrounding myself with new role models and breathing exercises and physical uh, exercises, all of these things. My dopamine would my dopamine uh w- would spike right when i would realize that oh my god i actually did that i feel so great i never knew i could do that before i would have these dopamine surges right and those dopamine surges actually drive you to doing it again that i want to i want to push myself on the treadmill i want to push myself in those fearful uh uh, situations. Because once I overcame anxiety, going into uh, fearful situations, I felt great. My dopamine levels would go up and I would feel like I conquered something really, really scary. And that made me feel proud of myself, more confident in myself. And that drove me to continue the anxiety uh, recovery journey. And that was, uh, that was really big in my journey. So I, I kept venturing out into unknown territory, into those unknown, stressful, anxiety producing, uh, situations. And before I spent all my time at home in my safe zone, I was afraid of confronting the unknown. The deep parts of me that were holding on to repressed emotional issues that were causing me a lot of grief, shame, guilt, pain, and anxiety was that unknown. That I always avoided. I always avoided facing the truth that was in my unconscious mind. All of those past repressed emotional issues. I I didn't want to face those things. Those were scary. Those were painful. Also, the unknown was places outside of my safe zone. Outside of my house. Walking to the coffee shop. Going to the library. Being at the coffee shop. Going to the mall. These were places that I didn't want to go to because I was afraid of having a panic attack there, being away from loved ones, being away from emergency personnel, right? And so I spent more time in these places. And during my recovery, working with CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, and NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming, I confronted and resolved these repressed emotional issues those traumas and so that was that was a challenge for me i had to voluntarily confront the monsters i desperately wanted to avoid but i attached so much pain to remaining in my old anxious state that i willingly stepped forth and confronted those monsters. I I knew that facing the pain was the way forward. And that was a huge realization for me that, you know, I had to do the opposite of what I used to do. You know, all of these responsibilities, these, uh, these vulnerabilities in me, all of my past traumas, they need to be dealt with. And that requires you to confront the pain of that, those monsters. During my recovery, I also spent a lot of time away from my house. I I, I, w- I spent a lot of time reading at coffee shops, uh, reading at the library, and this was my idea and my process of desensitizing myself. So th- I, I I had this idea... That the more I spend away from my safe zone, away from my house, the 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 less sensitized I'll become, right? Because I was so dependent on my house, my safe zone, my family, that if I just spend four hours, five hours at the coffee shop reading, listening to self-help podcasts, taking notes, I'm actually... Not only learning a lot while I'm at the coffee shop, but being more independent, being more away from my family, being more away from my relationships, right? And so that made me stronger, more confident and and less dependent. And I became more comfortable alone. And that was a big thing. Being more comfortable by myself, not relying on family and friends to fill those voids. And there was a time at the beginning of my recovery where I wanted to prove my family and friends and my relationship with Maggie that I could change. I wanted to prove to them. I wanted them to notice that I can change, that I wasn't so dependent on them. And this put a lot of pressure a lot of weight on myself to change so then i decided to do it for me because i i learned that you can't change your external world until you change your internal world so i decided to focus on myself to change me and once i change me then everything will fall into place. Everything will work out. I will have the tools and techniques to handle the challenges outside in my external world. And then my relationships changed. Once I overcame anxiety, my relationships changed. The more I grew and changed, and the more responsibilities I took on, the further apart my old negative friends became. And then I was attracting new, positive friends that actually challenged me. You want somebody to, somebody that will challenge you, right? That's You want to subject yourself with people that are slightly better than you in many ways and so that you can absorb their strength, their knowledge, right? So if you're a musician and... You want to hang around musicians that you look up to that are that challenge you that that bring out your your vulnerabilities or your your faults, right? You want to hang around people if you're physically if you want to be a better uh baseball player, hockey player, you want to hang out with players that are Better than you, and that you can absorb what they know and absorb their knowledge, so that you can grow and become a better player. So my relationships changed, and the old negative friends they 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 we kind of separated more and more as I was going through my recovery journey. They wanted to to stay the same and they felt most comfortable staying the same so i i decided to go on my way to be alone to be uh, to change on my own and to push through my anxiety journey on my own and i was looking up to role models coaches mentors that overcame their own life challenges and have gotten better. So I was learning from them and I was spending more time learning from those people via YouTube and podcasts. And so my other negative friends, we became more distant. The more I changed, the bigger the gap between us became. Our lives became different and our likes and dislikes became different, and so we naturally grew apart. And that was a big thing in my recovery. With my family, I took a lot of stress off their shoulders by becoming more independent. When I was working hard, improving my life, they witnessed the changes in me. They saw, and they told me, you know, Brad, I can't believe how far you came you changed so much it's unbelievable and so when i started when i changed and i was going through the recovery process i started to help people around me people naturally started to become attracted to me and i opened i opened up more about my anxiety and my my struggles dealing with severe anxiety on the internet On social media and friends and family started to open up to me about their struggles and that was huge so I started to help other people around me I started to help my close family my relationships my friends and that was a huge realization that was a huge moment for me I felt like wow you know I I I feel like we're all connected more than I thought. Being so internal, my old self, you know, that guy was so in, so self centered, and now I wasn't so self centered anymore. I was opening up to people, being, and I was opening up to people, and people were opening up to me, and that was huge. I felt, I felt so connected, I, and that was a big thing in my recovery journey. Also, I became more disciplined, more goal oriented, more relaxed, and I became more responsible before my family saw a, a, a lazy, chaotic, insecure, whiny, and dependent guy. But like I said, I wanted to be a different guy and So, I became my own best friend by spending quality time with myself, learning and growing and practicing a new way of being. I was surrounding myself with role models that overcame the same challenges I was facing. And my relationship with Maggie changed, it improved. I wasn't so agreeable anymore. I had a stronger foundation, I was more grounded, more neutral. I was more open about myself. I w- was more loyal, humble, relaxed, grounded, present, conscious, cause conscious about our times together. I was more conscious about uh how she was feeling what I was saying to her, um how we solved Problems. I was more conscious about how I was feeling so that I could deal with that properly and not be so reactive, right, emotionally. I became more conscious of the world around me and more conscious about myself and how I was feeling on a whole new level, level deeper and more meaningful level. I am not caught up anymore focusing on my health, but more present with the people around me. That was another challenge during my recovery was engaging in more meaningful conversations with Maggie and the people around me. I wanted to be a social butterfly. I no longer viewed myself as shy I knew that being around other people was going to be a challenge for me since I was shy very internal and so in during my recovery I I kind of was I was voluntarily pushing myself to be in social situations and then I started opening up about my journey recovering from anxiety and then other people started to open up about their challenges and look what happened a whole conversation came about a and a meaningful conversation as well a really powerful meaning conversation that I was passionate about because I'm passionate about changing and growing and facing the dragons that we don't want to face facing those monsters and people don't want to talk about it people or or they seem like they don't want to talk about it but when I started to talk about it they opened up and that what that was so cool that really meant a lot to me and and I, I became more of a social butterfly the more I started to open up I became more comfortable in social situations and so I found that life is A never-ending, growing experience. Just because I overcame an anxiety disorder doesn't mean I just stop and neglect the garden, right? You want to attend to the garden all the time. So if I neglect that garden, the plants will die, weeds will grow, and animals will come and eat the herbs. I developed all of these tools, techniques, and strategies during my anxiety journey and continue to implement them daily so I can maintain that garden, so I can maintain that mentally strong brain and, and that physical health. I fell in love with the change process that I always strive to be better than I am today. I follow the principle of Kaizen, never ending improvement. And that's where I'm going to leave you on today's podcast episode. Remember to send me your questions, whether it's um, email so you can go to unpluganxiety.com under contact, fill out an, uh, a question there and send it to me. And so I'm, I, and I, I want you to send these questions because I'm going to do another Q&A podcast. So I wanna hear your questions. I wanna gather some really important questions so that I can answer them on this podcast. And you can also send me questions on Instagram, Facebook and what else uh youtube youtube's a great spot, so send me your questions and I'm going to put together another q and a podcast so thank you for tuning in to this week's episode I'm really grateful to be here with you today it's It's this podcast you know I had added so much meaning into my life to share my journey to share my passion about the never-ending growing of the human spirit. And this whole anxiety journey is so meaningful to me because I went through this pain myself and I overcame it. And I want to share my journey. And sharing my journey adds so much meaning into my life. So thank you for being here. And remember... Do not let anxiety define who you are. I will see you on the next podcast episode. Bye for now. Brad's powerful anxiety recovery program is available at unpluganxiety.com. The anxiety project program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. What are you waiting for? Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.